This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello and welcome to another episode of the All Things Considered CX Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Esmond, and I'm glad you're joining me today because I really like when members of the CXPA board join me for a discussion because we get to learn about what's happening within our profession, where are we headed, and what are the strategies for 2023 of this great organization that if you're not a member, you should be, but those of us that are really gain a lot of knowledge and information from that supports us in our journeys as CX professionals. So I'm pleased to have three members of the board, including uh, uh, the CEO, join us, and I'd like them to introduce themselves to our listeners. And Greg, I'll start with you. Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, Greg Milia, CAE. Uh, it is a thrill, Bob, to be back with you and to be with your audience. Thank you, Greg. And how about uh, Amy? Hi, I'm Amy Shioti. I am the Chief Strategy and Experience Officer at Strategic Education, and I'm the Vice Chair of the CXPA Board. Wonderful. And Brian? Hi, everyone. Uh, Brian Sander here with AAA Inc. down in Orlando, Florida. I'm the newest, one of the newest members of the board at AAA. I'm the head of what we call Insights and Experience, which is our CX practice, as well as market research, uh, analytics, and BI. Excellent. Glad to have you joining us today. And so uh, one thing that I ask all of my guests is, how did you end up in, in customer experience? Because it doesn't really happen often that somebody says, well, when I was uh, in sixth grade, I decided I wanted to be a customer experience professional. And so it's always curious to what was your journey? How did you get there? And so I'm going to ask each one of you uh, to share a little bit about that journey and how you arrived uh, in the profession you're in today in your current position. So, Brian, if I can impose on you to be first, I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Okay. Well, naturally, uh, to get in this field, you start with an accounting degree. Actually, uh, you know, the point is that there are so many paths into into the CX space. Uh, In my case, I did start with an accounting degree. I went into financial services on the software side. And really, my early career was wearing a headset, doing tech support, talking to customers all day. And I just fell in love with it. So my career focused on service operations and tech support operations at larger and larger scale uh, across some awesome companies, mostly in financial services. And as my career progressed, um, the roles expanded and then sort of went what I think of as upstream into loyalty work, net promoter, and ultimately what what I think of as customer experience design. So really fixing uh, experiences at a systematic level upstream before they rolled into the service and support operations centers. And uh, along the way, I'm sure we'll talk more about this. I got engaged with the CXPA, became certified as a CCXP, and that's just been instrumental in helping me, um, you know, get more systematic in the approach to delighting customers. 
I don't know, Greg, it sounds like a future treasurer of the CXPA uh, uh, on the board, right? He's never admit what your background is, Brian. <laughs> I love coming on podcasts like this to learn the secret uh, powers of our board members. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Amy, how about your journey? Yeah, I, I came in uh, through marketing. So I was working at an organization and I think like many um, they had some efforts to start to create an integrated marketing function, which was really more about how do we be more thoughtful internally, uh, maybe with a little bit of benefit to the to the customer or member around how we better coordinate and sequence internal campaigns, messaging, things like that. And I felt like when we were doing that work, there was just so much more we could be doing in terms of rather than just sequencing our own communications and campaigns relative to organizational priorities or mailbox management that we needed to be actually thinking about. Do we know what's most valuable to the customer, for example? Do we know why they joined this, this association or different things? And so made the case there to start to formalize sort of an outgrowth of integrated marketing into more of a, a customer experience practice. And this is sort of now my, my third rodeo at the company I'm currently at in terms of making the case for building a more comprehensive CX practice and sort of building out the various capabilities and disciplines while sort of flavoring that to where the organization is in terms of whether that's operational excellence or that customer intimacy lens or those different sort of ways that it needs to kind of show up in different organizations. But it's been it's been a great ride. Excellent. Thank you. And Greg, how about your journey? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, if you look at the uh, books that are back uh, here, uh, you can probably read the titles, right? Uh, you know, what, what you'll find is a wide range of elements that are uh, social anthropology and, and mission-driven organizations, uh, a lot around systems theory, uh, and then, of course, a lot around customer experience. Uh, and so what was interesting is, as I had been executing this idea of mission-driven organizations through associations, and what better than the association for customer experience, you know, to come together and, and to be able to say, um, how do we bring awareness to this field? You know, because I'll, I'll be honest, the, the first time I, I looked at the job posting, my first thought was, I don't want to work with people who are in a contact center, you know, because that one thin <laughs> slice is not going to drive the type of change that uh, I think we all want to see in the world. Uh, and so it's been an absolute thrill to find out that, um, CXPA members also don't want to just have that narrow slice. They want to work as catalysts across the organization. Mm -hmm. I, I have to add a personal note because I've been involved with Greg since he joined the, the association and watch. And, and we brought Greg in because of his association management expertise, which was very extensive at, at, at the time and still is. But to watch Greg grow in the profession and and really take on the mantra as CX profession is far exceeded what we could have ever expected of a CEO coming in. So we really appreciate that, Greg, and, and the effort that you put forth with that. Um, so thanks for those journeys. So I want to get into the the strategy and the mission and updates on on that uh, from all of you. But I, but I also want to ask is specific to Brian and Amy. Why'd you join the board? So I'll I'll turn it over to whoever wants to go first. Yeah, I'll go. So I joined the board. I mean, I, I've been involved in some way, shape, or form with the CXPA from a fairly early start. I think, as I mentioned, when I sort of 
stepped into CX. And, and honestly, I don't even know if it was, if it was sort of characterized as that way at the time. I was looking for any type of resources to kind of help support how we should be thinking about these things. And I did find my way to the CXPA. I ended up getting my CCXP in 2014. I think it was one of the first hundred or so. And I remember it was really exciting. I'm so proud. Nobody really knew what it meant or what it was, but it was really nice to have a network of people and really have sort of a framework for how to start to think about um how we bring the right types of capabilities and comprehensive measurement and all these different things, right? So I, I started to become associated with the CXPA in 2014, I think just by happening to find them as I was looking for some support resources to think about how to bring about the change and the capabilities and the way to talk about this with different stakeholders in the organization. And as I mentioned, earned the CCXP then. I then volunteered to be on the CCXP subcommittee, the group that really works on the standards and the accreditation and some of the things associated with how we actually, you know, bring the, the the testing standards for that designation forward. And that's been great. I was on that board for a couple of years. And then from there, sort of just threw my hat in the ring for wanting to say, this has been a really amazing experience, amazing people to work with, but there's still more that we can be doing in terms of just broader awareness of of both CX, but also within this association, the various capabilities and ways that we can grow and evangelize this practice. And so threw my name in the ring for the board seat and was very fortunate to be selected. So that's the story. Excellent. Thanks, Amy. That's interesting. My my story to the board is somewhat similar in that, um, you know, joined CXPA, then became certified, as Amy said, and then was um voluntold into one of the work groups or, or working committees, which was on uh, reworking the certification exam. So anyone listening know I cannot answer any questions about the exam. Uh, but, the, you know, then that that really just impressed me with how well the the um, association is run. Um, and again, put put my name in the ring with a couple of intentions. One is I still think we have a long way to go in clarifying just even the question, what is CX? It's used so many different ways by so many people. And as Amy was just saying, there's a lot of opportunity to bring clarification. And and, um, the second was, you know, I'm just so impressed with how CXPA is an enablement resource for the professionals in this space. So, you know, people can find tools, they can find training, they can find a tribe that will help them go farther, faster on their own journey as CX professionals. And then my last sort of agenda with joining is um, here comes that accounting degree again. You know, the data is in on on companies that are loyalty leaders, and we know they have long-term profitable financial performance that outperforms CX laggards, loyalty laggards. And so part of my agenda here is to help spread the word, not just among CX professionals, but with the CEO community at large, that this work is actually super fuel to drive long-term financial results for businesses. And uh, I think we have a long way to go there. So that's that's how I got here. And that's sort of what my agenda is on the board. That's great. Thank, thank you both. And, and I can tell particular passions of each of you as you described um, why you joined the board. And I think that's what's so fantastic about the board is the diversity of thought and opinion and and uh, it's really and, and the global nature of it, which um, was really great to see that continue to expand. So, Greg, 2023, I'm sure there's not much happening in the in the world in CXPA these days. But, you know, if you would just take a few minutes uh, to share uh, what's happening, what are some things you're working on? What's the focus for 2023? We'd love to hear an update on that. Thanks, Bob. 
Yeah, I think uh, in order to talk about 2023, we have to jump back to 2011 and think about the trajectory, uh, you know, along the way. In 2011, uh, when uh, those of you who uh, uh, helped to found CXPA and bring people together, the environment around us was that there weren't very many positions that had the word customer experience in their title. There, there weren't very many companies that had dedicated their resources to it. There weren't college and university programs out there. And if you went out and did a uh, search, whether it was uh, Google or if there was some early version of ChatGPT then <laughs> and asked about customer experience, uh, you wouldn't find the term being very widely used or, or understood. CXBA has been essential to building that awareness of customer experience. Uh, and about probably three, four years ago, we started to see that shift. Uh, and that shift is, is, is that customer experience made it into the public vernacular. So it's not unusual at all for my mother or your brother or <laughs> folks that you're working with to label something as customer experience or to use that term. But are they using it correctly? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's really the uh, crux uh, mm -hmm. of where we are and, and where we're going. So in uh, 2022, last year, you know, we had uh, 70 different folks from around the globe uh, come together and contribute to the CX uh, Book of Knowledge. You know, look at that. I mean, go from not having uh, positions and titles to having a 300 uh, page textbook, you know, that covers uh, the CXPA, CX framework. So what we want to do next is, is to build on that. If we have the certification, if we have the framework, if we have the consensus independent knowledge, how do we take that and bring that to a broader number of people uh, in a way that helps them, as uh, Brian said, uh, have the uh, tools uh, tribe, uh, and there was another T in there, um, <laughs> uh, to do uh, things uh, further and faster. You know, I, I like when we can have alliteration. It's a great way, you know, great way to put it. So some of the things that we're specifically uh, going to be doing, um, first and foremost, in order to reach more people, uh, we've established and now empowered 10 regional councils around the globe. These are CX leaders in Africa, Asia, Australia, Middle East, Europe, UK, Brazil, uh, South America, North America, and Canada, who are looking at their particular market and helping to bring together and deliver webinars uh, that take that global knowledge and give it local flavor, you know, to members. And, uh, and then also keeping it abreast of the university work and the uh, developing leaders in, in their area. So that regional focus is, is a very strong place. Uh, and it complements uh, our members that bring people together in local networks for peer-to-peer -peer support. Uh, and that, that those conversations that you need to have because CX can be a lonely job, you know, in, uh, in your space there. Uh, the second major element uh, that we're looking at is cxeducation.com. And that is to bring together uh, CXBA's uh, on-demand courses together with the courses that are offered by our recognized training providers and to expand that so that by the time we reach CX Day, we can have a learning center established where a CX professional can come and have a pathway to build their skills, whether they're a CCXP looking to go further or they're a new entrant looking to get established. So cxeducation.com is, is a big piece uh, as well. Um, and as uh, Brian and Amy both alluded, it's all about credibility. 
how can we continue to build on the work that we've done at whatisdx.com and to begin to collect more data and, and research. Um, last year, we did a, a first-year journey map of CX leaders. Uh, this year, we're doing a study uh, that is looking at how CX departments are structured, you know, so we can bring that forward. So those are the consistent pieces. If I were to sum it all up, the two words are CX professionalism. How can we support folks to understand that CX is not a fuzzy concept? It is a business discipline uh, that drives sustainable organizational growth uh, and should be a preferred uh, business approach uh, in organizations that requires the right staff, the right partners, and the, and the right skills. That's excellent, Greg. I have to say that when I uh, read the strategies that you shared with me and you said uh, CXBA is recognized as a global independent authority in the definition and practice of customer experience, a tear came to my eye because I remember being in board meetings with you and other board members with writing on the board that said, it's only CXPA. We're the single source of truth. We have to prove that. And, and it's so great to see all that you're doing come to fruition there. And so um, for Brian and for Amy, uh, of those, in particular of those strategies, is there something that uh, you're particularly interested in and pursuing? Or what are your thoughts on the strategies that have been designed for 2023 and where CXPA is headed? Love your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to choose one in particular that I, or, or even a couple. I mean, I think part of what's been really exciting to see for the past couple of years that I've been on the board has just been a, you know, a more narrowed focus on specifically how the CXPA is going to show up and contribute in the conversation and, and in supporting CX professionals. I think that was really, really important to giving us clarity in you know, how we want to focus our resources, our research, our efforts of not only CXPA staff, but the incredible network of volunteers that support all of the work and research and committees and things that um, help the breadth of, of CXPA and its network do what it needs to in its chapters. And so, I don't know, I think for me, I, I get really excited about all the areas around how CXPA can really serve as that preferred partner to the CX professional, whether that is you know, the book of knowledge and a lot of the work that went in also via all the, the various fantastic CX committees and volunteers to put forth like those, you know, key documents on how to think about everything from creating a charter for the first time you want a pilot, you know, perhaps a, a proof of concept for building something that is CX in your organization. If the organization is not there yet to want to do that, to how to think about capabilities, your partners. I mean, it's just a, it's a wealth of knowledge that's in those books. And I think there's more to come on that. And I'm really excited to see the activation and utilization of a lot of those various insights. I also think, you know, continuing to support the overall sort of career progression of CX professionals is one that's really important to me. And something that Brian said, um, which is particularly hits home for me as well, is I think we often are guilty in general of sort of preaching to the choir in terms of evangelizing the importance of and strategic importance of CX to further CX professionals. I'm very fortunate in the sense that my dual role is chief strategy and education and I'm sorry, an experience officer. I report to the CEO in a lot of ways. We've been really intentional about trying to tie customer experience to our overall corporate strategy. 
as a way to really make it feel like it's just a way that we operate across all the different businesses. And that really starts with a firm understanding and belief from our CEO and all the way down to this is just the way that we operate. This is an organizing principle and a practice that we do versus it's a team or a subfunction or a little mm-hmm. flavor of something that we do over here that influences one particular metric. And so I do think that a lot of what we've continued to build, not just for the CX professional, but the right tools and conversation to say, how do you have those conversations with the C-suite? And how do we as the CXPA show up and have, whether those are, you know, roundtable conversations or things with the CEO, CFOs of the world, I think is the audience that we really need to have tuning into this to better understand what Greg and Brian were saying as to this is, this is, there's clear evidence that this is the way that operating in a more seamless way across various groups is going to do well for the company and for the customer. And so I'm just really excited to see us start to hone in on both the knowledge, but also the approach to how we're extending our audience to the C-suite and really talking about the potential of the CX practice and discipline in various organizations. Excellent. Thanks, Amy, for sharing that. I, I think uh, to add on to Amy's last point, that the idea of like what success looks like here is, you know, the day when a CEO and CFO don't think of customer experience as an, an add-on sort of that they acquiesce to, but they think of it as an accelerant that they demand the company has front and center in not just execution, but in the strategic planning. So um, back to your question, the hard to pick one other area of the strategy for CXPA that Greg just outlined, but I, I would talk a little bit about the, the training offerings. And again, the spirit of this is to help people coming up to go faster than I was able to go. So as we mentioned in our own journey lines, everyone comes in from such a variety of professional backgrounds and to have a common set of templates, training, um, methods from, you know, anything from, you know, here's how you do data and measurement to here's how you do experience design, you know, all, all of the areas to have that set of resources available now. I think there's a lot of work to, to get it visible to people that are trying to get into the field or grow and develop in the field. And I think that is one of the strategy areas that's particularly exciting to me. Excellent. Thanks for that, Brian. Um, Greg, when you were talking about uh, giving an overview of customer experience and going back to 2011, uh, you talked about, you know, when the conversion started happening, when you said to people you were in CX and nobody knew what you meant to uh, everybody being in CX to what, how do we define CX? I think that's an interesting transition. It, 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 it parallels uh, when I wear my other hat, which is an educator in supply chain, it, it, it parallels that because um, you know, in March 2020, nobody knew what a supply chain was. And, uh, uh, you know, a day later, everybody was talking supply chain. And now it's, uh, you know, exploding majors in colleges. And and it's the conversation at dinner about the supply chain and everywhere you go. So it's and, and everybody's in supply chain now. So it's interesting parallel. But and the reason I'm bringing that up is because having knowledge about what CXPA is doing and is obviously because you're sensing what's going on in the CX environment. And so I'd like to maybe take it up a notch and, and maybe go up 50,000 feet and, and get your all opinion on what is happening in the world of CX today. Where, where are we at? Where do you think we're headed? Um, and and uh, I just appreciate your perspectives and thought on that. 
So Greg, perhaps I'll start with you uh, with that question. <laughs> Oh, great. That's good. It gives uh, my board members a chance to uh, gather themselves <laughs> and uh, agree with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, I think I'm actually going to go ahead and talk a little bit about one of the most talked about things in CX at the moment. Uh, and that is a report that came out from Forrester right at the uh, turn of the year that suggested that one in five uh, CX programs are going to go away and that one in 10 mm -hmm. will be stronger than ever before. Mm -hmm. Um, and to me, what's really interesting is, is if you actually look at their um, findings, it boils down to two fundamental things. One, what it, to what extent is CX an integral part of an organization's brand? You know, does the CEO support it? Is it part of the value proposition? Is it what uh, is making a differentiated space out, out in the public? Uh, and so that is really a little bit of the work that we're doing with the effective monograph series and talking to the C-suite and coming up with the ROI and business case. You know, sort of as, as Brian said, we don't want to be a bolt-on. We want to be an essential part of, of the business strategy. The second finding from the Forrester really came down to uh, folks uh, saying that they didn't have the skills. It wasn't that they didn't have the software. It wasn't that they didn't have the money or the uh, different pieces. It was that they didn't have the skills. As a matter of fact, the top skill that uh, they reported on CX teams only came in at 48% of the CX teams saying that they had that skill. Um, and so that's why we're so focused uh, on building that side and, and that element. So. Uh, the external environment, you know, I remember, uh, Bob, when we, uh, I submitted a video to, to interview for this job and someone said, can you predict the future of, of customer experience? What, what is going to happen? You know, and I think my answer at that time stands, you know, you can't predict the future. What you can do is prepare uh, for the future. Uh, and you have to recognize that there's going to be technological change. There's going to be political, socioeconomic change. Uh, there's going to be shifts in, in expectations from employees and consumers. Uh, what we can prepare for is making sure that we have a leadership commitment and that we have standards and, and that we're driving those skills for people. So that's sort of my high level space is uh, uh, let's double down on uh, building the skills uh, and that understanding. Amy's right. You know, this podcast and, and CXPA, this is where we talk about these issues, and this is what equips us for the future. And by the way, Greg, I still have that video. So when you retire from CXPA, uh, it will be part of your going away <laughs> ceremony. So in 25 years. So I like that you use the word retire. <laughs> uh, Brian or Amy, your thoughts? Sure, I can I can go first. I keep making Amy go first. Um, you know, obviously, as Greg said, impossible to, to predict with certainty, but clearly everyone has an idea of, you know, macro economy trend right now. And I think that there's problems for practice, for, uh, service providers and technology. I think there's likely, you know, combining aggregation, M&A ahead. And then for practitioners, I think it's probably the, the tale of two different paths. One is for those that have done what we've been talking about on this this podcast about making CX viewed as an accelerant to the core business outcomes, so top line growth, retention growth, margin contribution, recommendation, I think th those people will find that their C-level is saying, we need more of you. And then I think for you know the other path, the, the tale of two paths, the other is probably people that have 
um, preached a lot of CX language and terminology and treated it as a bolt-on. And then when their C-level doesn't totally buy in, they sort of shake their heads and think, yeah, the C-level just doesn't get it. Well, I think that, you know, there's a different outcome that's likely for folks that are in that camp. And so it's a little bit of a, a call to action to think about as CX practitioners, how, how are we demonstrating that direct linkage to, to bottom line business value with some of the tools and methods that Greg was just mentioning. So Amy, what about you? Yeah. So, so my reaction is, I mean, I think one of the outcomes of the pandemic was that we saw very quickly, as, as you mentioned, Bob, in supply chain example, companies that were able to do well and not as well, the, the true sort of digital transformation, right? Like there's, there's graphs that will show you McKinsey did a study that looked at, you know, what the trend or, or, you know, of change for digital transformation was. And then you see the pandemic and all of a sudden it's through the roof, right? Because you had to very quickly have mobile apps that were allowing you to do curbside pickup and all these things. So in a lot of ways, I think it created much more of a true sort of digital omni-channel experience that had to be, you know, multi-channel and all of these things. And I think in some ways that is going to really help to sort of um, strengthen the case for CX because you tend to define in the companies, you know, Target was an example that did it quite well. It was very seamless. You could do, you could do curbside, all these others that it was a very, very clunky experience, right? And so you started to feel those edges very, very easily in terms of how seamless it was to actually interact at various branches or in different channels or using an app or the mobile web or any of those different applications. And so I think in some ways we're going to start to see the demand and the continued growth of all things, you know, integrated digital omni-channel experiences that I think will start to beg more of the need for an actual common framework and way that we actually think about how we deliver in those ways that is not going to be a really clunky experience. I think the other area for me that is interest is, you know, the, while Forrester was citing that how the performance of some of these different CX practices will evolve over the next year or two, I think we're also seeing a higher increase now in the number of appointed chief experience officers or even chief customer officers, if you will. Um, I think that'll be one to watch. I think it is something where, I think that is a really good sign um, for the organization that they are committed to having someone in the C-suite that represents those, um, the values and, and can think about all the things that Brian was talking about, working in tandem with the other C-suite on how we deliver success in a more comprehensive way and define that for the organization. But I think it will be very interesting to understand, even when we think of the profile of these experience officers, we don't know a whole lot about are they actually reporting into the CEO or at what level are they reporting? You know, they might be a chief experience officer, but still be under a CMO or at a VP level. And they may also just be in charge of a practice that is purely, you know, an insights, you know, research practice or, or something like that. And so I think it will be very interesting to further understand that we're seeing good momentum in getting those experience officers, but what latitude did they have an agency and within the organization how comprehensive are the set of capabilities and practice that they're bringing to an organization? Because I think it's an encouraging sign, but also it's important that, um, you know, they are also representing what we've been discussing, which is that very comprehensive approach to how you deliver business value. And that can certainly be more limited if you're sort of still sandwiched in into, you know, under a CMO or under a COO. And so I would love to continue to sort of see how that how that trend is going to shake out over the next couple of years. 
Excellent. Very pertinent insights. And I, and I think spot on with uh, my observations as well. So I can't believe how fast these podcasts go by when we're talking about our passion CX. So I always ask this, the final question is always the same. And that's uh, what are your final words of wisdom that you have for CX professionals listening in on this podcast? And so um Amy, I know you just uh, wrapped up the last question, but maybe I'll start with you and I'll go in reverse this time. Oh boy, final words of wisdom. I mean, I, I would say uh, self-care, okay? So this is the theme for 23 and I think is very true for CX professionals, as we know, since we're always sort of out there on the front lines trying to to, to you know, advocate for the work that the team is doing and to, to make sense of, of the craziness that happens within organizations. But I think, you know, mm-hmm. I would focus on, uh, my words of wisdom would just be, I guess, um, I tend to not be a purist, right? So I think sometimes mm-hmm. there is this idea that like CX has to look a certain way or operate a certain way in an organization. I have found incredible success. Find those supporters, find the people, and they may be in pockets within marketing, they may be in your product or UX group, they're typically going to be groups of people who think in a similar way in terms of wanting to not just design great experiences against their towards their particular goals, but want to think bigger in terms of, hey, we know that this is a gap between the different processes that we have, and how do we do that? So seek out those people within the organization that have shown that they want to, you know, be able to work across the lines and in, in various teams. And I think that's a really, really strong way to start to build partnership within the organization and momentum for the things that you're trying to do. I find that that can sometimes be an easier way to start to build from the ground up the momentum to working in a different way rather than sort of beating your head against the wall and trying to make a firm business case for what you want to do. Often, you know, they can be convinced if they start to see the formality of some of these things kind of come to practice. So I'd say, keep your eyes open, find the people who raise their hand and have wanted to do things. We've also found when we've done CX Day, volunteers from all over the organization that want to contribute in certain ways Mm -hmm. or highlight their projects. Those are great ways to find your, you know, your current partners in crime as you go through um, your work as a CX professional. Excellent. Thanks, Amy. Ryan? Well, I'm hesitant to try to add to that, but I guess I would just say if, if you're probably many of your listeners are already plugged into things like the CHPA uh, community, but you know, if you're in this space, there is help. There are resources. Do not be shy. Reach out. Connect with CXPA.org. Connect with any of us on LinkedIn. Uh, people in the CX space, I find by and large, are very willing to help others go faster, go farther. So I guess my my advice is realize there are lots of resources and lots of help. So get connected if you need it. Excellent. Thanks, Brian. And Greg? Yeah, I, I think I would echo uh, those core messages. You know, there's a proverb that says, if you want to go fast, uh, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Uh, so uh, not only joining together uh, with uh, those in your organization and those in the CXPA and CX field, but also looking at those independent consensus standards so that you can benefit. Uh, you know, they say that the best musicians uh, and the best uh, folks understand the core theory before they improvise. Uh, and I think that's the the, the stage of, of CX that, that we're in. But uh, I'll close on a bit of a downer as, as well. You know, uh, 2023 is likely to be a tough year. 
you know, so it's more important than ever that, uh, you know, we're together in that space. Um, and in particular, you know, I want to make sure that uh, everyone who's listening is aware of, of two things from CXPA. You know, well, one, if you're an active CXPA member uh, and you experience a period of uh, transition, uh, we will carry your membership and we'll carry your CCXP renewal uh, until you're able to find your uh, next position. Uh, so uh, we're here to be your long-term partner and, and success. Uh, and for everyone, uh, if you're looking for uh, the best talent to join your team or your next opportunity, be sure to visit cxjobboard.com. You know, we've set that up so that you can find a position where the uh, people who are hiring get customer experience. <laughs> and that's the best way to make sure that your long-term career uh, and your next job is successful, is to work with a team that that uh, supports you uh, and has a commitment to creating great customer experiences. Thank you, um, Greg, Brian, and Amy, for those comments. Really appreciate it. And I'll do a selfless plug on self-care and personal development. We're just wrapping up a series of podcasts uh, where I've asked a LinkedIn professional, um, brand builder, a, a coach, and personal development expert, and an executive search recruiter to kick off 2023 to look at ourselves as professionals and how we're looking at the next chapter. So I would encourage listeners to take a listen to those as well. And then the fantastic resources of, of the CXPA. Thank you all three for joining me today. It's been a great conversation as it always is. And in particular, Greg, thanks for helping coordinate this podcast. Thank you, Bob. Thank you for your continued support of, of CXBA. Absolutely. My pleasure. And listeners, this has been another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. As always, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your network and stay tuned for other interesting guests on my podcast, as well as those of my colleagues across the CXFM podcast radio network. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit CXofM.org for more resources.